Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, what's up, New Orleans? What's up across the Gulf South? And to you listening wherever you are at WWL.com, the radio.com app. Welcome on in. The party continues tonight. Zion Williamson introduced out at Pelicans camp alongside David Griffin, Alvin Gentry, Gail Benson, Joel Myers was out there. He had about 200, 250 people in that building. Most of the media members, Zion's family, special, special. And like we said yesterday, the, the coronation, not necessarily just of Zion, but of a new era of basketball in the city of New Orleans, and it's here. It is here. I guess you could officially say it'll start once the, the deal with the Lakers is actually consummated. July 6th, it looks like, unless the Lakers uh, come up with some deal and, and something else they like to give to the Pelicans, but that doesn't seem like it's going to happen. So July 6th, when you get Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram and Josh Hart into town, you know, that's when I guess you know, you'll know officially have all those assets here. But let's be honest, this started yesterday. A big-time guest on the program, Ricardo Lecomte, WWL-TV Channel 4. we got Scott Alexander of Primetime Sports on CST and WLAE. Ali Cosell is going to swing on in, and Drew Moreska, NBA writer for Basketball Insiders, to give us a national perspective. And later in the show, I know Christian just played some of this, but 10 o'clock hour, we'll play David Griffin, Joel Myers, Gail Benson, and Zion Williamson out there from camp because it was all really intriguing stuff. Our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll all show, grade the Pelicans draft, ABCDF. No E for effort here. You grade it for us wwl.com radio.com app phone lines are going to be open for you first half hour no guests i want your reaction to what happened last night with the pelicans of course drafting zion what do you think about this wonder kid and also what do you think about the rest of their draft jackson hayes center from texas you have Nikhil alexander walker guard from virginia tech first time virginia tech's had a player drafted in the first round in many many years then you have dd luzada silva a sharpshooter from Brazil in the second round. That's your Pelicans draft. Four players in. They'll have four rookies on that Summer League team. That schedule released earlier tonight. Knicks Pelicans first night of Summer League ESPN. Can't wait for that in a couple of weeks. I'll tell you this, though. We've got to, and I know this is the world where we tend to look forward and not back. And we tend to forget what happened just a little bit ago in the pursuit of, well, what's next? But I think we need to remember just how special last night was specifically here in the city of New Orleans. What I saw on at Fulton Street, in Mannings, outside of Mannings, Pelicans Draft Fest, was incredible. It really, truly was one of the most memorable nights of my professional life, one that I will never forget. I took a video, and this, I think it's up over 20,000 views on Twitter, or close to it now. I took a video that walked from inside Manning's, outside on Fulton Street, and almost all the way to Poydra Street and back, and it was nothing but a sea of red. 
spilling out onto Poydras Street. The official attendance to this draft fest last night was 6,000 people, I believe. That's how many tickets they handed out. But I'll tell you, there were many more people than that downtown wanting to be part of this that didn't officially get into this draft fest party. It was incredible. It was a city that finally seems ready to embrace professional basketball in this city or maybe just basketball in general. Now, I've been here for the entire Anthony Davis era, a little bit before it, a little of the Chris Paul era. Never seen anything like this during this time, not when Anthony Davis was drafted, not even during their playoff run a couple of years ago when they swept the Portland Trailblazers in the first round and played the Golden State Warriors in the second round. That was fun. This wasn't what I saw last night. I talked to some many people that have been here in this city since the Jazz were around, since the two iterations of professional basketball before the Jazz we're in New Orleans, and they all told me, uh, you just never seen anything like this. Not in this city. What this does, assuredly, is put to bed this ridiculous notion that I have pushed back on for years here on the station and on our shows on WWL, that New Orleans will never be a basketball city. If what we saw last night wasn't a basketball city, I don't know what was. This wasn't just Zion. Yes, he was the focal point of what happened yesterday and certainly today. But this is about a lot more than him. David Griffin said as much today, said Zion's not going to come in here and be the savior. He's going to be a piece around Drew, around David Griffin, around these other young stars, Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, Jackson Hayes, any other picks that they have, and on into the future. Gail Benson started this. This is now already, and it's miraculous how quickly this has happened. In the span of just a couple of months, it went from one of the most dysfunctional franchises and most poorly run franchises in the NBA to one of the best. It just has. And I mentioned this with Christian on Sports Talk, but you know things are going well when you start hearing stuff like we did today that people in Boston, New York, L.A., Chicago, Miami now are starting to take shots at David Griffin, saying, well, I don't know if he's worthy of the praise. Oh, slow your roll, New Orleans. Time to stop the David Griffin love. That's when you know, well, Big Brother's a little jealous. We've got the smoking hot girlfriend here, smart, attractive, savvy. She's with us, not him, and he's letting us know he doesn't like it. I tell you, this franchise is something special. Now, nothing is nothing is assured, especially in sports, especially in the NBA. It's not assured that Zion Williamson is going to be the best player in the league or he's going to turn out any way that they're anything close to what we think he can be. Well, certainly, I think it's about as close to a sure thing as you're going to get in any draft. But no, nothing's, nothing's written in stone. So we don't know what the next eight years, 10 years, 20 years are going to bring for this franchise. But it's never been brighter. The future has never been brighter for the Pelicans than it is right now. And I just want everybody to remember what happened yesterday because I certainly won't forget it. It was a party and just, I guess, the collective cheer 
and maybe also a sigh of relief from all of the basketball diehards and all of the new casual basketball fans that are now wearing their Pelicans red every day. Great day yesterday. If you were out there, I'd love to hear from you. Even if you weren't, what do you think of the draft? We're going to open up the phone lines. We'll get more nitty-gritty into the draft as we, uh, draft as we go along. And when we come back, I'm going to explain exactly what the Pelicans have done with Anthony Davis. And the assets that they've got back for Anthony Davis are a little incomprehensible to me. This is Herschel Walker-esque. 504-260-1870. That's the phone number. Give us a call. Area code 504-260-1870. Our text line is 870-870. I'm Seth Dunlap. It's Logan Falgu behind the glass tonight. And the last lap. Just getting started here on WWL. It's a little incredible what the Pelicans have actually turned Anthony Davis into with their trade with the Lakers. Now, I'm going I'm to lay out everything that they have received in return or are going to receive in return in this trade. Now, one of these deals also includes uh, the Solomon Hill and, and pick number 57. So it's basically Anthony Davis, Solomon Hill, and pick number 57 in the second round yesterday. Those three assets, David Griffin has turned those three assets into this. It's ridiculous. Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, Jackson Hayes, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, D.D. Luzada-Silva, a 2021st rounder from Cleveland. Yes, I understand it's protected. Not getting too deep here. 2021 first rounder from the Lakers. 2024 first rounder from the Lakers. That is six players you already have either drafted and coming to your team, three more first-round picks, and $30 million in cap space. Look, I'm going to be honest here. If you told me either you can have Anthony Davis or you can have all of that, I think there's a conversation to be to be had on which one you want. And that's saying something because NBA's a star-driven league. And almost 10 times out of 10, almost you are always going to take the star no matter how many pieces you get in return. But when you get a haul like this that is comparable to the Ricky Williams Saints draft trade when they traded their entire draft six picks – or the Herschel Walker trade for Dallas, they got six picks in return. They got six players and three future first-round draft picks. Or if you want to count, don't include yesterday's draft, they got three players, Ball, Ingram, and Hart, and six draft picks. I mean, folks, that's incredible. And if you look at the Los Angeles Lakers, might compete for a championship next year, and I say might, and I think, I think that's a diminishing might considering the lack of any kind of depth or talent around Anthony Davis and LeBron James. I can't imagine what LeBron's thinking right now. He's got to be wondering what in the world is Rob Palinka doing. We'll get a little bit later in the show. We'll get into what the Pelicans roster looks right now, who they might add with this $30 million in cap space. This is special. David Griffin is a magician. Even Christian Garrick, he was tweeting me earlier, man, he loves David Griffin. How could you not? How could you not love David Griffin with what he's doing right now? 504-260-1870. That's the phone number. Text line is 870-870. Here's one from the 504. The new king of New Orleans jungle is Zion the Lion Williamson. 
Text from the 504 in Griffin, we trust. Here's a text from the 225. Great show. Love to talk about the Pelicans. Hope the Pelicans can come back on WWL Radio. WWL, number one in the market. Bring them back above my pay grade. We've talked about it before. Uh, here's a text from the 985. Follow-up question with that. 30-plus million. Do you see us attracting any additional all-star caliber players who want to come and play in New Orleans alongside Zion and Holiday? I don't know yet, and I don't know if they'll really target anybody kind of a max-level player, even though they have max-level money. I don't know. I think it's going to be pieces, veterans, who can help this young squad grow. A piece like, oh, Nikola Mirotic, who I think makes a lot of sense both sides, his and the Pelicans, to bring him back this summer. Maybe Julius Randle returns on a two- or three-year deal making the kind of money he wants to make, and then he'll enter unrestricted free agency again in a couple of years. We'll get to that in a little bit down the road. But they, they're going to be able to add a lot of talent on this roster, a lot of pieces on this roster, a lot more depth. And even right now, they have more depth with $30 million in cap space than they ever had in at least in the last two, three years in the Anthony Davis area. It's crazy. They roll out this lineup right now. Let's say the season started today or tomorrow. They could go nine or ten deep. Maybe not great depth at some spots because some of it's young and needs to develop, but that's that's kind of depth they have. It's amazing. To the phone lines we go. Again, 504-260-1870. Terry in Marrero. What's going on, Terry? Look, I don't know if anybody ever brought this up because there's so many different directions I want to go with, but I'm just trying to steer the course. Anybody ever bring up this here, that the fact that Anthony Davis left New Orleans Pelicans because he said he just was all about winning. He felt like he couldn't win with Drew Holiday and the rest of the team. And uh, LeBron James said that, you know, it was all about winning. He felt like he couldn't win with the team that was current or uh, constructed in L.A. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, now that this team here, pretty much the whole team, comes to New Orleans and then A.D. goes to uh, L.A., what do you think that's going to do to Anthony Davis and – uh, uh, LeBron James' he's, uh, legacy, not tarnish it, but how do you think that's going to play out if the same team gets further in the playoff than the Lakers did? Are you saying if the Pel- are you saying if the Pelicans somehow make you know somehow make a deeper playoff run next year than the Lakers? Yeah, yeah. I mean, just hypothetically, I know everybody's going to sound sure. crazy for for thinking like that, well, but you know, just you, you know, just. I won't call you crazy at all, Terry. What I will say is that is that's optimism and maybe a little blind optimism, but I don't mind optimism today. That's the, it's kind of the, the theme of the show. I will say as far as tarnished legacy, I think LeBron, and I'm saying currently in the last couple of years, I don't think there's any doubt that LeBron's legacy has taken a couple of hits. I don't think we're really going to remember this front and center 10, 20 years down the road when we really look back on LeBron's career, kind of like we look back on Michael's now. I mean, does anybody really talk about Michael's drinking or gambling problems? They're mentioned sometimes, but never in the context of, well, just how good of a basketball player was this? And LeBron has certainly been a guy who has manipulated the entire league and done everything he can do with that to win championships. He is the ultimate mercenary, and it looks like it is – well, I'm not going to say it's backfiring yet. I want to see what happens in, in Los Angeles. I will give them the benefit of the doubt. We'll see the pieces they can put around 
a LeBron. They got about $27 million in cap space right now as of today. Not enough to sign a max guy. Even if they did sign a max guy, what are you going to run out? Three max guys, Kyle Kuzma, and then a bunch of G League players? I mean, that's not going to win you a championship. It's just not. Not in this Western Conference. AD's legacy will be defined when LeBron leaves. It's going to be the Kevin Durant factor. If AD goes in there and wins a championship next to LeBron, nobody's really going to talk about AD as, oh, man, he's now the greatest basketball player on the planet. No, he'll have a little Kevin Durant effect where, well, he had to go join up with LeBron James and all this manipulation in order to win a title for one year. Good call, Terry. Let's go to Mike in Mandeville. Mike, welcome to the show. Hey, I am so ecstatic about the fact that this team's getting run right. I figure that we got six players, and when it's about for 10 games that AD will play next year for each one of those players because I don't think he's played six games forever. And I don't know if they're going to even make the playoffs next year, but I'm so excited about seeing the team building and going the right way. Does that make any sense? Yes. No, Mike, that is exactly the attitude you should have. That is That is perfect. You said it perfectly. You don't know if they're going to make the playoffs next year. I think if everything goes right, they had a couple of veteran pieces. I think they can be in that playoff mix, but the Western Conference is so deep up top. I mean, they got six teams that are just decidedly better than New Orleans right now. You got to be worried about two, three, four years down the road. This shouldn't be a five, six-year you know championship rebuild. I think this is going to happen relatively soon. Back in 60 seconds, and also coming up, we've got Ricardo LeCompte. You might want to avoid Zion Williamson's press conference today if you don't want any Avengers Endgame spoilers. I had not seen the movie. Uh, I will just say I don't need to see the movie now. <laughs> I don't know if I was going to see it anyway. I'm not really an MCU you know, fan. I mean, I probably might have watched it on Netflix or something sometime. But I will say, if you really don't want to be spoiled, don't, <laughs> don't listen to Zion's press conference today because he gave a massive spoiler in there. Ricardo LeCompte coming up in about three minutes, WWL-TV Channel 4 anchor. But first, let's get it to some of these phone calls. Tanner in Atlanta. What's up, Tanner? Hey, how are y'all? I'm good. Yes, yeah, so I was just wondering, um, are you okay with the Anthony Davis trade now that y'all got Zion? Or do you wish that y'all would have kept Zion? I mean, Anthony? Well, I remember it didn't have anything to do with, with that. That was just a lottery, so it wasn't uh, – those are completely mutually exclusive. You know what I mean, Tanner? Yeah, and who and who came, who came with that trade? Uh, well, we just – yeah, we just we just went through it. So uh, they got Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart. They got uh, multiple first-round picks. They turned this into uh, J- Jackson Hayes, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Didi Luzada-Silva, and they've got three more first-round picks coming the next four years – Cleveland in 2020, Lakers in 2021, Lakers in 2024. Wow, that's incredible. And not to mention, y'all got Zion. So y'all are in the game, man. Yeah, I'll, I'll say you, you Hawks. I will say this if you're a Hawks fan, Tanner, are you a Hawks fan? Because I really like the team that they put together. Oh, yeah, man. I'm a big Hawks fan. I love Trey Young, uh, John Collins, the two guys that we got. Um, I was wish I was hoping we'd get RJ, but. Uh, you're going to love, Tanner, I will say this, you're going to love DeAndre Hunter. And I was talking off air with, uh, I don't know if I want to put them on blast, who I was talking to. I was talking to some basketball insiders yesterday who were out at this Pelicans draft fest. And we all agreed that we think we're going to see Atlanta in the NBA finals in the next five years. I think they're going to be that good. I really like what Atlanta's doing. Thanks for the call, Tanner. Uh, one more Rick and Algiers. What's going on, Rick? 
Uh, yes, yes. Thanks for taking my call, sir. You bet. Uh, I, w- I was just thinking, though, you know, I know things went sour with AD last year, but it was obvious at the lottery, and he ain't quick, he ain't signed with the Lakers as of yet. I think AD really blew it listening to Rich Fall, and because I think AD teamed up, a young AD teamed up with a young Zion and put in some Randall and some Drew Holiday compared to going to agent, you know, the AARP route in Los <laughs> Angeles with nobody there to support you. Hey, Seth, just give me a rip on that. Would you think Anthony Davis's career would have been further along if he had stuck with New Orleans and played with Zion instead of LeBron? Yeah, they, well, that's really tough for me to answer. And I'm just going to say, Rick, and everybody listening, I'm going to say what I've said all along. I do not begrudge Anthony Davis at all for wanting to leave. I mean, it was a relative dumpster fire. You want to use that word again? It was around him. They lit seven years of his career on fire. They did. I don't have a problem with him wanting out. I have a problem with the way he left. Now, if you look at the longevity for Anthony Davis in Los Angeles, they're going to be good. They should be pretty good the next one or two years. When LeBron James' contract is up, he's going to be 38 years old, and then they're going to have no young assets around him. Anthony Davis I'm talking about. That might be relative purgatory for AD in Los Angeles, especially considering who they have running this franchise that doesn't look like they know what they're doing. Spring on in Ricardo Lecomps, WWL TV Channel 4 sports anchor, to talk a little Pelicans draft. Ricardo, what's up, man? What's going on, Seth? How you been? Dude, I'll tell you, I'm great after yesterday. I'm a little, I'm a little uh, fatigued. It was a little hot and manic yesterday, but, but it was, we, had, we had a lot of fun, buddy. What did you think of this Pelicans draft all? Not just Zion, obviously, but this, this entire, the four, four kids that they got. Yeah, I think you have to just like the kind of the approach there of of knowing that this is going to be a long term project. Uh, David Griffin has said this repeatedly that 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 Zion is not the savior. If you're looking at the top of this draft class, that he's not the savior of this Pelicans franchise. He's looking to he's looking to build something that's going to be sustained for years, kind of like that San Antonio Spurs model. You have to have it over. You, you got to build it around one guy, like you can think Tim Duncan gets drafted, but then finding the right pieces around it. And they were able to have success for, you know, a decade plus. He wants to try to kind of build that same thing here in New Orleans. So you're looking at all these kind of talented guys. You you take a Jackson Hayes who went from being 6'7 when he got there to Texas to growing to seven feet and still kept his athleticism uh, to a guy like uh, uh, Nikhil Anderson, uh, Alexander Walker, who is a good shooter, can score on three levels. Uh, Good pieces were you're drafting a lot of good potential, first-round potential, and you just have to hope that, A, your scouts hit, and, B, when you get them in the system, when you get them in the Alvin Gentry system, they're able to thrive in that. But I like the pieces just in terms of we know these are going to be long-term projects. These aren't guys that are going to come in and help the Pelicans win a championship instantly. So I like it in that regard. If we were looking for the Pelicans to be a championship contender next season, you were going to hate this draft yep. because you wanted to get somebody that could be an instant impact player but in terms of uh, uh uh david griffin trying to build a fran- you know a franchise and a sustainable model you got to like what you have there and the pieces to work with i tell you you look at the anthony davis trade and the pieces that's gotten david griffin and the pelicans in return ricardo it's it's incredible i mean it's herschel walker-esque or if you want to stay in new orleans it's uh, ricky williams-esque the mike ditka trade they got six draft picks three of them here uh, three more of them coming in 2020, 2021, and 24 from Los Angeles. I think, and 
maybe this is look, this is sports talking, but I think it's interesting to think about. I, I think it's almost a coin flip. If you would have told me, Ricardo, you have Anthony Davis, or you have this entire you know bevy of assets and picks that you got in return that put around Zion, I, I don't know actually which side I'm going on, and I think that just speaks to what David Griffin has done. Yeah, I think for the best of a situation, if you have an all-star that does not want to be there, you're going to try to maximize as much value as you can before he got, before he walks in free agency. And David Griffin did the best he could do just in terms of assets and buildings and stockpiling young talent uh, with all these trades. And the other thing that he's got to bank on is that you figure with Anthony Davis going to L.A., there's probably maybe a two- to three-year window with LeBron James at the tail end of his career, uh, knowing that they've only got maybe that small window to win a championship. So you figure if that's a small window and LeBron is, you know, after his three years, it's done and it just ends up being, you know, Anthony Davis and LeBron walks away from the game, we'll say, then you are in a good position in terms of the Lakers not being good after LeBron leaves and then cashing in on those future picks if they end up being lottery picks and and high top three picks so it's it's one of those where right now on the surface of it you you have to if you're in the lakers position you understand okay this is our window to win this win a championship we just got to figure out how to build this around lebron and anthony davis but the pelicans future again it's it's building something sustainable for years and if you're banking that you think that the lakers are going to fall off after lebron's window is closed then you have just set yourself up into a, you know a fabulous position of, of not only keeping the Lakers and I know Pelicans fans want to hear this not only keeping the Lakers down for years to come, but also stockpiling your assets and building something for the seasons to come. So yeah, I I, I think you should be excited. I think I would be excited as well, just knowing that David Griffin was able to pull all of this stuff off and kind of just start anew and kind of only just get a clean slate and go all right. Here is we'll start with this. We'll start with Zion Williamson, and then we know that a few years down the road we can we can get the next best thing as well, and really get this thing rolling and, and continue to keep it rolling here in New Orleans. Well, this is all music to our audience's ears. Ricardo Lacombe, sports anchor for WWL TV Channel Four, joining us here on the Last Lap. Uh, which of the young pieces they got um, from the Lakers are you most intrigued by? And I, I, I hear different answers from everybody, Ricardo. So, which one of these guys are you most intrigued by right now? Huh, that's that's a good question. I, I, I've always liked Brandon Ingram's game, and, you know, I, I've liked it, you know, for the last couple of years, even when he was in college. I, I, I've liked what he can provide uh, just in terms of getting a small four, getting somebody at the three that, that the Pelicans have just been searching for somebody to play that position for years. If Brandon Ingram is healthy and he doesn't have these blood clot issues and he's able to contribute, that's a really athletic guy that you have at the three uh, for for this team, so I'm really I, I hope that Brandon Ingram can stay healthy, but I, I I'm more intrigued about to see if how he fits in, in all this. Um, I know everyone Alonzo Ball, and I know understand the drama that comes you know comes with his dad uh, being here and, and and more so just dealing with that. But but Alonzo is a good player as well, and it's always curious to watch him. It'll be curious to see him and Drew, you know, run in this Alvin Gentry offense. Um, and, and to see if he can actually live up to that potential of being, you know, the, the second pick in the draft. So um, if, if I had to, to say which piece from this trade I like the most or, or, or anticipating to watch, I would have to go uh, just with Brandon Ingram, just because I think if he's healthy, that's, that, that is a, that's a good piece to have 
uh, on this roster. What do you think they do with the $30 million in cap space, Ricardo? Uh, I hope they uh, they give it to all of us. That'd be great. <laughs> oh yeah. So wait, let's let's stop right there. Let's start that campaign. I'm all I'm all on board this, Ricardo. All right, you got me. Let's divvy it up. Yeah, I I I I, I see the Pelicans, and I know that they were kind of you know looking to maybe trade for like a Bradley Beal or something like that. Maybe I, I can see with this cast state that if, for example, that you had that you maybe feel like all right, we need to bring another veteran in, somebody that that we can, you know, that, that can maybe help along in this, this, this journey with Drew Holiday and, and Zion, that they could use it in free agency and, 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 and get somebody in here, just another, another veteran. Because you, you have to figure, you know, there, there are a lot of young cats on this team. And, I, and as much as this is Drew's team and that you have a 29-year-old president with all, the, uh, you know, with all these 21, 18 to 22-year-olds on the team, getting another veteran doesn't hurt. Um, and, and who knows, maybe, you know, with that cat space that you free up with Solomon Hill's, you know, contract and you, you have that cap space for the next couple of years, maybe if you are in a position to go make a run at it, um, because who knows, what if Zion ends up being somebody that develops that quickly and then you're like, man, you know what, we can be a contender in the you know, next couple of years. Let's, you know, let's, let's go in and, or let's try to sign a max player or let's get somebody, you know, superstar talent in here. Then maybe you can you have that flexibility, but the big thing is just having that flexibility, and it's not a bad thing just to have your disposal in case you know David Griffin decides you know what I have all these assets, but I think we're in a position right now to make a run for it, and we've got we've got the room to do it. Let's go for it. But I, I think everybody wanted to get Solomon Hill off the books just to open that up, and now David Griffin's in a real good spot. Not only does he have young stock stockpile talent. I- but he's also got cap room. Yeah, it sounds like you kind of answered my final question here. When do you think that the Pelicans will realistically contend for titles? But it sounds like you and I are on the same page relatively early, three, four years down the road. Yeah, I could see that. And and and, and only I'd say this, I know that David Griffin wants to temper all these expectations of Zion Williamson. He's only 18. It's, it's, it's realistic for an 18-year. I mean, you, you and I think about it when we were 18 years old. Were we ready to be the face of a franchise? <laughs> no. Responsibility? <laughs> Heck no. Heck no. But, you know, Zion is one of those, uh, you know, humble, mature kind of guys where, it, where it, it also works because the system around him works. He's got a great family that, that he's, got that, he's, he's got that already based around him. Then he goes into an organization which is not expecting him to throw out there. Imagine if he went to – like a New York, you know, we went to the Knicks or went to, you know, Brooklyn and gets thrown in there going, all right, kid, produce now, instead of kind of being brought along. I think he'll he'll thrive in an environment like this in New Orleans where it's like, hey, the pressure isn't on you to be the man right now. Just get adjusted to the game, and the torch will get past you, but you don't have to do it right now. And that's probably the best thing an 18-year-old can hear where he doesn't have to have all this responsibility of, of being the person to lead a franchise to a title. So you get him a couple of years to get get settled in. By year three, by year four, it, it, what we've seen from what he was able to do in, in college and high school in that small sample size and how he looks the same at every level, uh, it, it's scary to think how good he can be and, and the pieces that you have around him. So I, I, I do say it, it's not going to happen this year. It's not going to happen next year. But three, four years down the road, when he gets a couple of years under his belt, look out. Great stuff from Ricardo LeCompte, sports anchor for WWL-TV Channel 4. Tune into their newscast tonight as they'll have all the reaction from Zion Williamson's introductory press conference and video, WWL-TV Channel 4. Ricardo, always appreciate it, man. We'll talk again soon. All right, Seth. We'll see you.
Ricardo's on Twitter at TV. Follow him there, and you can catch the news tonight in just a couple of hours. We'll take a break. If you're on hold, don't go anywhere. We'll get to all your calls. Look, all the phone lines are lit up. You want to react to Zion? You want to react to the Pelicans draft? 504-260-1870. And our text line's 870-870. The last lap continues on WWL. Text from the 504. I'm glad to see the only negative thing about Zion is that he cheered for Thanos. Well... I'm kind of similar to that. I usually cheer for the villains or at least empathetic to a lot of villains. I was Team Cersei in Game of Thrones. I am a member, a proud member of the dark side of the Empire in Star Wars, Emperor Palpatine for life. So uh, I, I'm there with Zion, I got to say. <laughs> Back to the phone lines, Elwin downtown. What say you tonight, Elwin? Hey, man, wouldn't it be funny if uh, if the Lakers go against the Pelicans for the championship and AD wind up playing against the Pelicans? Well, that would be awesome. Now it would be the Western Conference no, that finals, would be but... funny. That would be funny. <laughs> that would be, be real, real funny. I don't think it's happening, though. I don't think the Pelicans are anywhere close to Western Conference you know, championship contention. Well, you never all. know. Remember, That's they true. said that about the Saints. That's true. Look, Ellen, that's true. You do never know. I mean, if, if Ingram is healthy and ball, maybe he makes the massive leap this year and you have just this monstrous defensive four. If Zion just steps in day one and he's better than most people think he is going to be day one. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I guess nothing's out of the realm of possibilities, right? I, I just don't think it's going to happen. I mean, I see this team winning 35, 40 games as it's structured right now. We'll see and wait and, and see what happens when they bring in other free agents and spend this $30 million in cap space. Chris and Gretna, what's going on tonight, Chris? Hey, uh, Seth, uh, how you doing? I'm good. Okay, yeah, I, I was commenting on, you had mentioned something about the, the dumpster fire, and I, I just kind of wanted, again, you probably have forgotten more basketball than I'll ever know. Uh, but from my understanding and from my observation, uh uh, the Pelicans was probably one of the best teams uh, in, in the NBA. Uh, and and I, I'm just going to say the last six years, that's what I'm going to look at. And, and uh, I want you to tell me, were there that many teams that didn't have similar issues to the Pelicans uh, recently? I think that – well, I'll tell you this. I think two years ago when they – uh, what do they win? 48 games, and they made the Western Conference semifinals. Even before they had made that run of the Western Conference semifinals, I was saying this is it's one of the better teams in the NBA. So that one year, they had put in the piece, and that was after the Nico Miritich trade, and uh, Boogie Cousins was here, but then he was hurt. After those things had happened, I said, yeah, this is, this is one of the more talented teams in the league, and had they not run into the Golden State Warriors, had they been in the Eastern Conference, you never know. Maybe they would have made a run to the NBA Finals. That one year, no, they won a dumpster fire, but the rest of the time, I think they pretty much were. Even the other year, the one other time they made the 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 playoffs under Anthony Davis, they were swept in four games by the Golden State Warriors as the eighth seed. So looking at it as a whole, the seven years Anthony Davis was here, yeah, I think you can use that phrase, dumpster fire, a pretty, at least I can, pretty confidently. One more quickly, Dennis and Destrahan, we're kind of up against the clock. Dennis, what's going on? Uh, I, I'll be real quick. Um, I, I like the guy as a person, but when he came on, Dennis Gentry was given kind of the side eye, kind of people met him with dread, and justifiably so. So my question is, I mean, if he just coaches a, a mediocre team next year, let's say they win 40 games, at what point 
do we say enough's enough? And what are the what's the benchmark or the standards that you think that it would take to get rid of? That's a great question. Dennis, that's a great question. I actually think 40 wins next year is, like I said, that's about what I expect. It's not going to be about wins and losses next year. It's going to be about the development of these young guys. If we don't see development from Lonzo and Ingram and Zion and Jackson Hayes and these other guys, and they're not acclimating to Alvin Gentry's system, then you've got to be concerned. But next year, and I really mean this, Next year, it's not about wins and losses. Well, unless things just completely fall apart. I mean, if this team's winning 15, 20 games, then we got issues. Alvin Gentry certainly do. 504-260-1870. Our text line's 870-870. More to come on the last lap. Your new Pelicans, Zion Williamson, Jackson Hayes, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, D.D. Luzada-Silva. Those are the four that you'll see play in summer league in just a little bit. Let's get to TJ and Metairie before our top of the hour break. TJ, what's going on? Hey, thank you for taking my call um i really don't know a whole lot about any of the draft picks other than zion from what you hear and see doing the ncaa but um alonzo ball you know a little bit about mainly because of his dad Mm -hmm. hopefully he's going to turn his game around and uh between uh alonzo ball and zion and uh with with the Sure. Balance of the players that we have, we're gonna we're gonna win more than forty games. But I just like to you know say this this guy's mother did a great job raising him, just from the surface. We we don't know anything about him, but just listening to him, this guy's mother did a great job raising him. And if he's got Coach K's thumbprint on him, he Coach K did a good job as well. Amen, TJ. To both of those things, I completely one hundred percent agree. We're going live on Facebook. Then back in eight minutes after the news. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.